can edit where you're rolling. I'm here with Kelly Farkason. I say that right? Yes. All right. Well, this is episode 739. It's not a live show today because I'm on a cruise right now, but you'll be my show. While I'm on a cruise. <laughs> oh, cool. So Kelly, Kelly's a fellow matador. I'm a matador. Uh, when did you graduate? Yes. Um, I graduated in 2012. 2012? Yeah. <laughs> I graduated in 1994. <laughs> So, um, almost the year that I was born. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I could be your father. Um, yeah. Yeah. My daughter just graduated from college a couple weeks ago. Good for her. And then, and then I get, I'm going to have another, no, I have another one in college and I have another, one on his way to college and almost done. Where did your daughter go to school again? She went to Seattle U for okay. two years. And then, uh, when COVID hit, she went to Idaho or BYU Idaho uh -huh. to where they could actually do things and then loved it and didn't want to leave. And yeah. so, and then your son, Jack, Jack is um, going to be a senior at Millennium High School. Okay. And then Jet is 11. Shut up. His name's Jet. Jet. J E T T. Jet, Jet, Jet. I actually, that's on my list of names for my, um, for, my kids. Yeah. I have kids. Jet. Yeah. Jet. Well, it's a great name. <laughs> That's he, awesome. He's... I've never met one in real life. So I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So I was fast and I was like, uh -huh. you know, I was assuming my children would get my genes to be fast and Jet's the slowest one. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Kind of ironic. <laughs> but he thinks he's the fastest one. That's all that matters. So, um, so Callie, uh, let's talk. You just retired. Yeah. Um, so let's go just backwards. Yeah. So you were at the Houston Dash? Yes. So I was at the Houston Dash this past year. Um, and growing up, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. So I grew up playing locally here for Acetyl Soul. And then I spent like a year at Sereno at the time. Um, and then went back to Acetyl Soul. Got trapped, not, no, got recruited to play at Arizona State University. So I stayed again local, um, I think, which was the right fit for me. Who, who, was, a, who, was, who was a coach at ASU? Kevin Boyd. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I ended up having great success there. Um, I think I was very fortunate to get the minutes and the opportunities starting my freshman year. So I was able to play every game freshman year. I was able to play every game sophomore year. Um, um, and so, yeah, so played at Arizona State. Um, when I graduated, I was the second all-time leading goal scorer, but now that has been surpassed, and so I'm the third all-time leading goal scorer. Um, how, how many goals did you score? 44. Holy cow. Yeah, um, which at the time I didn't realize was a lot, but I think – you know, that now that I'm older and I can reflect and be like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a lot for college. Um, and then there got drafted to play for the Washington Spirit, 12th overall, and moved all the way across the country. So, you know, when like freshmen in college, when they leave home, they get kind of homesick and yeah. the first few months, um, it's difficult for them. So I feel like I experienced that after I graduated college because, you know, I stayed local. So I was like around and I still got to see my family and I grew up here. So nothing was ever really different um, except obviously where I lived. And then moving out to D.C., I think that's when I got, you know, homesick and it's wildly different. It's green. It's crowded. There's two story targets, two story grocery stores. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? But ultimately, like, I loved it there. I stayed there for four years. Um, and then, yeah, got to play overseas and then spent this past year with the Houston Dash and retired this past January. 
What led you to retirement? Um, I think it was just lack of motivation. Um, I just knew that I couldn't continue doing the day-by-day process to stay fit and stay ready and stay healthy. And I think I just hit a burnout. And I think that's when I knew it was time to retire. Yeah. You could get stuck there for, for years. Um, yeah. My, my biggest fear, uh, when I was playing sports was I had to choose between baseball and track. Ultimately I ended up doing soccer and luckily I didn't stay in baseball because baseball, you can get stuck in like triple a double a there's always, you could play forever. Um, and you could be in that situation where you're, you kind of lose your life into a sport and you give everything up for it. But, um, yeah, it's just, again, yeah. Quality of life. Um, just started getting different, right? Because, now I have a boyfriend and, you know, my family is back in Arizona. So doing the long distance thing as well, that was, that was hard. And then again, you lose your weekends and your family vacations. Um, so I think I just got to a point, yeah, where I just, I knew I couldn't continue. And it wasn't for lack of love for the game. I still love soccer and I still love watching and being an advocate for women in sport. Um I just knew personally I could no longer continue putting my body through the daily um, grind of grind. Yeah, yeah, it's a literal grind. Yeah. It, so you're you were born in Yokota, Japan. Yeah, I was. So I was a military baby. Okay. Yeah. So military brat growing up, um, which is actually really cool because now I'm doing a tour in August with the military. I'm doing um, some camps overseas um, at their military bases, which is going to be kind of a fun way for me to give back because I was that little kid growing up living overseas, and now I get to go and you know hopefully inspire the next generation. Um, so, how long were you in Japan? Japan, I was I was just a baby in Japan, so like okay. a couple years, and then we moved to Hawaii. So got to live in Hawaii and then we moved to Italy. So got to live in Italy. And then my dad wanted us to be um, raised in America. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we moved to Texas. <laughs> uh, well, that's America. Yeah. And then uh, he retired and his whole family is from Phoenix. So we came back to Phoenix and my whole, my mom's whole family is from San Diego. So we were kind of deciding which city to live in. And ultimately, they chose Phoenix. Okay, so wh- so that that happened a lot. So you're moving around from birth. Yeah. You know, when did you ultimately end up in Phoenix? Um, I think it was like fifth grade. So okay. I was still pretty young, but I think I got used to adjusting. Um, at such a young age, you know, you got to move, you got to move around, you got to meet new friends. Um, so I've always been good about meeting people. If that makes sense. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially in the before, before uh, sixth grade. Yeah. When did you start playing soccer? Um, so I started playing soccer in Italy, um, which reminds me, I kind of feel bad for my older brother because when we moved back to this uh, Arizona, or yeah, he was a freshman in high school. So he kind of had a longer period of his life, you know, traveling and doing all of that. Um, when you're older, I think it's tougher. But lived in Italy when I was seven or eight and so got involved with soccer because my brothers were super into it. They were super into basketball, too. But, you know, Europeans and their soccer, right? They yeah. So we got to uh, – I remember being on this team and um, it was really cool. It was – a basketball court almost and there was a huge fence and it was like overlooking the ocean but it was it was super cool and it wasn't like your traditional soccer fields it was concrete and you wore your tennis shoes and basically futsal futsal pretty much yeah and then um i remember we were watching home videos uh a few christmases ago and my brothers were playing just in dirt 
with their shoes. Like they didn't really have a lot of uh, grass pitches for the for the youth out there, but it was still kind of cool to see like literally playing in dirt and on basketball courts. So you were born in a soccer environment. Yes, and my brothers were obsessed growing up as well. So I think that also helped my game is like the EPL was always on when I was, oh my gosh, fifth grade up to, you know, uh, sophomore in high school. So from a young age, I was just always watching soccer because my brother, my brothers were watching soccer. Yeah, I I think there's a a huge um, thing we miss in America with culture and and being the the reason I recruit a certain player here at Phoenix College is because I have the kids I have grew up watching the game. Um, they play the game. They're on the streets playing unorganized. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how they are structured. Um, and it's a huge advantage if you start out that way. And I think maybe that really is what propelled you is, is being in that environment. And obviously having brothers that loved it yeah. as well. Cause it's a, a family thing. Oh yeah. We actually, I remember having to pay my, my older brother would ask my dad to pay for the, um, what was it? Sky sports or I can't remember at the time because it was back, you know, it was I, back in the days. So yeah. Sky sports was, was yeah. definitely in control. So we could watch time. all the, um, EPL games, but yeah, no, I agree. I think here it's harder to find the kids that, um, grew up in a culture or in a soccer like minded household just because there are so many sports as well. So you never know. So you you, atta- you attended Chatham Mountain, my school. Yeah. You, you like how I said it's my school? <laughs> I know. You know somehow, we were there a long, long time ago. <laughs> I know. Somehow I'm in the Hall of Fame um, with Mike Bibby. Good for you. And so are you in the Hall I of Fame? I'm not in the Hall of Fame. How dare they? <laughs> we got to make some they? calls. Shadow Mountain. <laughs> Callie here has a better resume than I do, and I'm in it somehow. <laughs> So maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll work on that. Um, That's uh, funny. Go so, Matadors. Yeah. M- maybe because you only played one year there. So, ex- so what happened there? Um, uh, obviously think, club soccer got in the way. Yeah. So I played freshman year and senior year because by senior year I was already committed. And then freshman year still was kind of, in, okay. Um, my whole team was playing and I, didn't really have a team to train with at the time. And so by sophomore year, the 93 team had come over to Acetyl Soul. So I was able to train and play with the 93s um, and go to Disney and all those tournaments back then. So that's why I didn't play like my sophomore, junior year, because those were big, big were like recruiting yeah. times. Um, but also like my team was awful. We lost like every game, like <laughs> six zero. It wasn't that way in the nineties. <laughs> The, well, I should have been born earlier then, I guess. You should have. <laughs> they were stacked. So yeah. uh, the Shamrocks, which mm-hmm. is before Essendon Soul, that's where I played Shamrocks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, we had our 95 Shamrocks. Was it 95? No, no, 75. Uh, 75, <laughs> 75 Shamrocks yeah. w- were stacked. Like that's awesome. Yeah, they yeah. won state like twice. Yeah. They, they won state in the first, um, I think the first time, they had state for girl state. soccer. Yeah. Um, Shamal was stacked. Yeah. Uh, we were, the boys were That's just trying awesome. to compete with the girls as far as um, doing well as well as they did. But yeah, yeah. yeah. it's because it was all club girls from Shamrocks. That, that's a heavy soccer area that's awesome. for, for girls. Yeah, no, it is definitely. Um, but yeah. You just want to uh, represent your school, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who also went to Shamal? Who? Robbie Finley. Yep. Yeah. Hey, play with my brother. Oh, really? Oh, so cool. yeah, interesting. So yeah, how old's your brother? <laughs> um, Matt, he is. Uh, what is he? He's probably forty-five. So okay. he. But Robbie's not that old. Right. Maybe he's younger. He's my youngest brother. Okay. So I think I don't know. Yeah. He he played with Sean McDonald. Oh, um, that's Jess's brother, right? No, um, they're related though. 
Okay. Yeah. So okay. the, the McDonald family, um, okay. the, the Bibby family, they're all kind of okay. related somehow. But um, uh, Shad Mountain Boys won one state title. So That's when awesome. when I played there, we had, we won, we were really good. We were number one in the state my sophomore, junior, senior year. And we never won state. Yeah. And then I graduate. My little brother, who's not good, by the way, started for him. And they won the state title here at Phoenix College against Brophy. And I was at that game. And Sean McDonald was ridiculous. Like, yeah, I bet he, he was. He played, he played uh, nine years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Could have played in EPL. No problem. Yeah. And he ran a 4 2 40, uh, 10 100 meter. He was a freak. So, but he played soccer. He played soccer and football yeah. and track, all of it. And he chose yeah. football and obviously yeah. so talented Successful. NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And that he scored the two goals in the state final. And one of the most, one of the, probably one of the best players ever to come out Arizona on the men's side yeah. that never awesome. played pro. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. That's it. But yeah. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> So I think my brother graduated in, I don't know, 96. No, he didn't graduate then. He was on that team though. Anyways, they won state like two years later, a year later, but whatever. I didn't know them to be a winning soccer program. We were (laughs) for a short period. Um, So can can you share uh, with us your your journey on becoming a professional athlete and kind of what you went through? Um, so I can't remember when the league folded. So the league had folded either when I was in high school or I think it was my junior year. My dad had brought me a newspaper article and it said, you know, women's pro league has folded something like that. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Um, there wasn't really an avenue for professional women's soccer, um, and then when I went to college, I think they all or they okay. reinstated in the league. Anyways, um, oh, they restructured the restructured. The, the league to yeah. so it couldn't make it. Yeah. So, anyways, that kind of came out when I was in college. So I wasn't really sure, honestly, if I wanted to play pro. That wasn't really in the forefront of my mind. Um, and by senior year, I had kind of conceptualized what I had done in college was pretty cool. Um, score that many goals and not realizing that was a lot. And then, you know, social media was getting a little bit bigger and online um, statistics were starting to become a thing. Um, So my coaches were like, why don't you enter the draft? And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just enter the draft and see if I get picked up. I was so nervous. I didn't think I was going to get picked up, which is really frustrating. The confidence and the belief in myself that I had back then was so minimal and non-ex- non-existent, you know, and I'd look back and I'm like, oh, why just wasn't I a little more confident, you know? And um, so I went home and I was watching on TV with my um, friend from college, Mackenzie Simarad, and none of my parents were there or my brother's. And I started getting texts before my stream was a little lagging. So I started getting texts like, congrats, congrats. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's happening? Uh. And then they announced my name on the screen. Um, and it was 12th overall. And I was like, oh, wow, like I wasn't expecting. You know what I mean? Like I just had no idea ex- like where I was at. Um, that, that's crazy you say that. I want to yeah. stop you right there. I, I want to go back to kind of your you're an ASU. Yeah. You're just playing right. and not realizing your stats are good. You're just playing. Right. Do you think psychologically that was probably a good thing? You're just playing. Yeah. And not worrying about stats. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't even like, I didn't know 10 goals in college was a big deal. Right. Well, like D1. A, or, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, for D1. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, so, and I did that my freshman year. I did that my sophomore year. I, you know, and then. My junior year, I think I scored 14 and tied Sam Mewis for MVP of the Pac-12 for, like, offensive leader or whatever. Um, And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. But the mentality I had in college was just to, like, 
be present in every game and just go out there and be the best teammate I can be. I had. Where, where'd you get that thinking from or not? Um, because I know my sophomore year, I had a really hard time. I think I'd scored seven goals in the first seven games. And then I went on like a drought yeah. for like a lot of games. And I was like overthinking everything. And I was just like, oh. so in my junior year, I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't think like that. Um, I just need to focus on one game at a time. And I had the coaches, you know, kind of help me too, like, just be mindful in a sense, like just be the best you can be this game, be the best teammate you can be. Like I started controlling what I could control. So if that was more effort or just being supportive and encouraging to someone else, um, that's kind of how I changed like my philosophy and it benefited me. I saw more results with that philosophy. So I kind of started rolling with it and, um, tried to champion that uh, yeah you're fortunate and i think yeah. that's what led you to be able to do do those things right and i not me i was a goal scorer <laughs> I, I scored a lot of goals yeah but i pay attention to them i pay attention to everyone i flip and miss and yeah. i would rack my brain and well, i'm still haunted by the ones that i've missed I yeah think those are the ones i remember the most compared to yeah. The big one. I, I still remember uh, Shadow Mountain, my, my senior year, we're the number one team in the state. We're playing Dobson High School. Yeah. We're down 2 0. We're tying it. Uh, we tied it 2 2. Yeah. And then um, I'm on a breakaway to win the game, to make it 3 2 and miss a breakaway. No. And then, of course, they counter and score. So I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was devastating. But it yeah. honestly can haunt you, you know? Yeah. There were some times, too, where I was like, there are some sitters I could have easily put away, you know, um, but it's fine. You can't think about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that's definitely interesting for, cause I think everything's mindset. How can you just have your mind be clear so you can perform right. according to how, your, your tech technical level. Right. Okay. So you're drafted number 12. Who yeah. are you drafted by? Uh, the Washington spirit. Okay. So what, what year was that? 20, 2016. Yeah. Um, and I didn't finish that semester of school. So I left to go play. Um, and when I arrived again, I was like, oh my gosh, am I even good enough to be here? Like that kind of confidence level. Um, and I think, you know, the first couple first week was a grind uh professional women's soccer was different back then loadings weren't a thing right you just go two hours straight intensity um and I just started realizing I could hang and I was fast and technical and um a lot of some other girls that were on the team that had come from really big programs uh again I could hang with them and in my head that's when I was like and like, I, you know, I belong. Um, and then again, it frustrated me because I was like, well, what if I went to one of these, I could have easily played at one of these big top 10 programs. I just didn't believe them in myself. And then, um, but again, ultimately Arizona state was the best fit for me because I was able to play freshman year, sophomore year. You never know if you go to these other schools, with, you know, all of these older older girls who have veteran experience and who knows if I would have had uh, that experience from the beginning. What, what teammate from the Washington spirit that you really uh, connected with? Um, my rookie year was Joanna Loman. She, her energy was just so contagious, like just happy, um, positive, um, engaging, I think is another one. Uh, just at that level too, when you're a rookie and you're new, it's, it's hard, right? Um, not a lot of people at the pro level really, um, try to can really connect because yeah, you're competing like build, with them. Right. It's harder to build relationships at the pro level. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just, interesting but yeah joanna loman estelle johnson um shana matthews um 
two at the time with Shana Williams, but she has three kids now and still playing, which is crazy to me. But hmm. what I love about her and I was we were competing for the same spot. Um, and we were both the rookies that had earned the contracts at the time. 20 were contracted. That's it. There was no other, you know, leeway. And so they were already full. So we had to go in and kind of earn our spot and, you know, get um, play without pay for a month. Um, yeah. And I think what was awesome about us is we were able to be supportive and encouraging to each other, even when we were playing in the same position. So um, I think I felt really fortunate having her as like my rookie partner going into it. Did you get much time as rookie? Um, yeah. So I think that was one of my uh, memorable moments um, is the first game. I wasn't sure if I was, you know, again. Right. Um, so I didn't get to start that game, but I was the first sub in. So it was my first debut and I was freaking out and I was like, Gosh, obviously my first touches on the ball were awful (laughs) just because I was like, what is happening? I'm going in, like I'm the first sub, like it was kind of a big deal for me. Um, But yeah, I got a lot of minutes, um, started, sat, started, sat. I didn't really get a good flow of starting. And at the time as a rookie, it kind of, I'm sorry, can I curse on this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Because I was so used to playing and I never got consistent starts so that when I sat my confidence just went so low so I I couldn't really figure out how to take on um a whole season of professional soccer um but I I was starting against Seattle and two minutes in I tore my ACL so that was kind of the end of my rookie year um which obviously was fortunate in a sense because I was able to go back to school that semester and finish out a whole you know, semester of school. Um, but yeah, I had always gotten um, some minutes, whether, you know, that's a couple minutes at the end, a start, 15 to 20, like it was always kind of something. But I want to talk, I don't want to bring you to the horrors of ACL, but oh my gosh, it's um, it, I've, I've coached girls soccer for a long time. Um, yeah. When I started the um, Palm Valley soccer, this is what before, well, 2001 and uh uh greg vanny uh transitioned his hammers club to the west valley i opened another part of it and uh then azfc went down and then we just kept it alive mm-hmm. and i would just only attract girl teams um because we would just teach technique and slow the game down and play a little differently the boys didn't like it they want to run through a wall like crazy people but so we were, tr- we're trying to be creative and it just had a more of an attraction towards the girl side yeah. because they'd like to be, um, they like the unique part of being able to handle the ball. Yeah. Uh, so in my entire coaching career since shoot 2002, yeah. um, coaching girls all the way coach, um, coaching millennium girls. I'm in year seven, uh, not one ACL tear and yeah, I'm, I'm always Congratulations. That's not amazing, but I think it's more of like style play. So I play differently. Yeah. We, we keep the ball. We slow it down. We don't, I don't, I say, don't go into tackles, stand them up, group defend, yeah. um, never lunge, you know, and just yeah. like slow it down. We don't have to be crazy because yeah. I think it, it's just opinion of mine um, that when you work on different movements with your body manipulating the ball you've seen some of the moves i kind of teach i have hundreds of them i teach but a lot of it's going backwards a lot of 360 movements to develop the entire body to be able to connect so you're not in a situation where you're always going forward yeah and which i think it's too much stress and you don't develop as a whole so you can't protect yourself right um and you know the american system is like the strongest the fastest like you have to have lift a ton and sprint a ton and yeah Yeah. um i i think Um, what congratulations though that's a big feat (laughs) well describe to me yeah what led up to the injury yeah i honestly am not sure i i genuinely 
I was the biggest I'd ever been in regards to um, strength. Like, looking at pictures of myself, I was just, like, a big, strong girl. So, I... I genuinely believe I genuinely believe my quads were stronger than my hamstrings at the time. Um, but again, I don't know. So I I planted and like non-contact, it just I think it went backwards. I don't know. Um, so that kind of is and I knew I knew something had happened, which is crazy because some girls just get up and try to keep playing on it. How I was in so much pain, it swelled up so fast. Um, but yeah, it's just also incredible. I think this last year or this year alone, there's been like 20 something big stars, too. A lot of you know, I, I, I truly athletes. believe everyone's trying to make money, yeah. And you get these strength coaches, and they get you know, get a degree, and they're from this, or and they just like create something in their head because yeah. they were given a degree uh, or a certification there. What they're saying is good. And then those just create these things like, um, Oh, we do ACL prevention warmups. And, and I'm like, ever since they've been introduced, they've increased yeah. in number of ACLs. Yeah. But the, I think the, the one indicator that I think leads to ACL, uh, 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 tears, mm-hmm. c- the correlation between concussions and ACLs. Concussions tell me, because mm-hmm. girls, girls soccer's number one, mm-hmm. uh, just behind football. That tells me it's reckless. It's too forward. It's not thought right. out. It's right. running through. It, it's it's goofy. And they think like, oh, you're, they, they do say like, oh, your quad, your proportions or your hips or what, whatever. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not it. It's not. Yeah. Uh, your body is your body. You, w- no one understands it. You can connect. Uh, so we'll make it very simplistic. Uh, I always talk about neurotransmitters and, and finding, creating um, new con- connections in your body. And there's billions and billions upon billions of connections you can do. So every time, you, like if you ride a bike and you learn how to ride, ride a bike at age six or seven or whatever, and then you stop riding that bike for 10 years, you can get on a bike and ride it pretty quick because you remember. Yeah. So. It can kind of be a little awkward at first, but. Yeah, but you'll figure it out very fast because <laughs> yeah. it, it's already connected. You already, yeah. you already uh, created all these synapses that are connected forever. Right. And unless you have a tear or injury that disconnects things, that's different. So. I believe once you learn how to ride a bike or a, a new movement, you learn a different movement and a different movement and different movement. And then you become crazy strong. There's a Bruce Lee in his one inch punch and he has all these demonstrations. He understood that. Like you have to learn all art forms. You have to yeah. keep elevating your ability to connect your brain to your body. But anyways, I'm passionate about the dang ACL <laughs> thing. Tell. Well, I think an issue too at the time back in, you know, my rookie year is we didn't have a sports scientist. We didn't have anyone monitoring anything. So we would just go to the gym. They would say, hey, do this workout. So, um, But they did hire someone outside to come and do that for us. But there was no connection like, hey, what did they do at practice? Hey, when is there? Na-? You know what I mean? So there was kind of a um, there wasn't really that communication. Um and then rookie year, I was just, you know, so passionate. I would try to lift my, you know, keep upping the weight, trying to gain more muscle. And, um, but I mean, it's grown so much now with just like the tracking units that they have and the specialists now. Um, I think I was really fortunate later in my career just to work with a uh, buddy, Hugh Davis. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, worked under Don Scott with the World Cup. Um, women's national team, U.S. women's national team, sorry. Um, and he's with San Diego Wave right now, but he's um, local. And so I was able to have him every uh, off season. He had his own GPS units. And it was the best in regards to like, okay, he's just so smart and good at what he does. And it wasn't like we're pushing weight, we're pushing weight. It's like, how can all of, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It was just very... Um, Sounds like it's more very in individual 
based. Yeah, it was nice, yeah. right? You just don't. It was it's catered to me, my my running technique. We we're trying to help figure it out because I'm a scooter. I like don't like to knee drive, you know, which yeah. I think might have, has helped my soccer just because I can keep the ball close to my yeah. feet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really think um, he he's really good at what he does. But if you don't have access to those kinds of you know, coaches that don't just push heavy weight on girls. Um, Yeah, I think it definitely could be. um, I'm curious. uh, I'm curious what the, um, the numbers are for position ACL tears. Yeah. Yeah. Defenders Defenders, forwards. I think midfielders would have less, which you would think they would have more. Yeah. Cause they're just running the whole time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. we could talk about this all day, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely for me, it's, uh, uh I'm very curious and I'm nervous. Yeah. I don't want to ever experience that. Yeah. I mean, you learn so much when you go through it though. Like you just, it's, it's one of the hardest things I ever think I had to go through. And I ruptured my quad in a uh, 2021. Um, and doing that was just a walk in the park compared to, know ACL so that ACL just prepares you for so much and even just character building you know like getting through the pain doing what you can daily and um, I hit a really bad low and my PT at the time um, is now my current boyfriend (laughs) so uh, I know but that's great PT yeah well he uh, one day he was like did you do this did you do this on your own and I was like no and he goes and you call yourself a fucking professional (laughs) And I was like taken aback. I was like, oh, like, you know, it, it was kind of what I needed to hear to snap out of it and be like, you're right. Like I am, I'm just wallowing in my own, you know, self-pity and I need to like just go back, control what I can and step it up. And so that's when I really started taking control of my recovery. And um, how did you hurt your quad? How'd you uh, rupture it? I couldn't tell you. Wear and tear. Um I ruptured it when I was with the Spirit um, on national team replacement contract, and they didn't believe me. Oh. So I went to rehab, and I was running on it four weeks in. And they were like, hey, um, you know, you're not cleared. We're going to release you. And and then in my head, I was like, well, you can't release an injured player. That's illegal. So I was like, okay, um, I need an MRI. And they come back with MRI and they're like, oh yeah, you ruptured your quad tendon. And I was like, Dang. you didn't believe me? Like you think I was just what? Like, I don't know. It was, it was a very dark, that was a very frustrating time as well for me because um, I had come back into the spirit and um, – I had gotten injured within the first week of that. And then that's when Richie Burke just completely started isolating me. And, you know, um, what else? I mean, just obviously you knew that he didn't want me there, which is kind of crazy because I had played for him before, you know? Um, And we had built a, like a relationship when I was, for him and then to act like you don't even know someone because they get hurt under you like come on you know so like he would go out of his way to personally alienate me and make make me know that like I wasn't wanted which is tough for like anybody but I was already friends with all the girls I mean I'd played with all of them and you know I was like whatever so after after I got surgery on my quad I just came back home and I just trained and got healthy here. What's the recovery on that? Um, it can be four to six months. Jeez. So yeah. I so think, how long did it take you to recover from ACL? Uh, 10 months, 10 months. And then, yeah. And then once you recovered from that, how long psychologically did it, you, um, it didn't feel good until after two years yeah. with my ACL. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but fortunately I have, I've had no other knee issues. Um, good. So yeah, ruptured that quad. You do knees over toes, right? Are you doing that workout? I don't know, the honest. Oh, you got to do knees over toes. It's amazing. Okay, what is it? Uh, it's knees over toes guy. 
Um, so it's on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So he, he's a. I will remember that one. I don't think it, that one's hard it, to forget. Yeah, and he's over toes guy. Uh, yeah, no, he, sorry. No, sorry. Well, we can fix that. I'm like trying to like not get it too close, but and then I realize I got to talk on the side right there in the corner. That's like the spot. Is that better? Okay, nice. I think so. I Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Okay. Uh, the uh, knees over toes guy. So um, I, I saw someone just told me about it. I, I researched it and, and it, it makes total sense on what it is. Uh, so when we play sport, our knees are always over our toes. Mm -hmm. But what we get from strength coaches and whatnot, oh, don't keep your, your, your knees uh perpendicular to your ankles or whatever you can't get them forward you know you just squat down or whatever and he's like no that makes no sense we're always in a position where our knees are over toes so he teaches knees over toes exercises um oh, that's kind of interesting yeah yeah now i can't hear you what about now yeah okay yeah unfortunately yeah, you're gonna stay a little close that's your new boyfriend is that microphone it is it, i'm always close because i you know, yeah. I, I want to be able to control my pitch as much as possible. But yeah, um, yeah, that. knees over toes. Uh, okay. Take I'll a look. look don't that. buy the program. Just you don't need to. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. Um, Jessica, just Jessica bought this. the program. Okay. Um, but uh, you don't need to. Uh, I was going to say, I guess a, a lot of my career was um, I had a lot of injuries. Like I my hamstrings always went as well every preseason so i always miss the first couple preseason games like every season yeah um and this past year when i was coming back from the quad and going into the dash everything just ankle sprain ankle sprain quad like hamstring everything started going and i think it's that was another you know frustrating part about my career is like i couldn't just solidly have a, a few months before i had to you know a lot of that, back. a lot of that has to do with funding, you know, like you yeah. can't focus on yourself. Yeah. If you yeah. were a million, you had a million dollar contract, you know, like paid like right. the professionals on the men's side, you, you would be able to just focus on you. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, getting up, doing some yoga, doing some mental therapy, do some cold plunging, doing all these things and, and, yeah. then, and then have practice. But yeah, I know. I mean, one of the things that I remember the spirit skimping out on a lot, it was healthcare. So like our PTs weren't the best. I, I obviously I can't speak for how it is now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think one thing I appreciated about the dash, there was a PT on site, which I like really liked. Um, of course that's yeah. a requirement at college. Yeah. And <laughs> like, well, uh, physical therapist versus athletic trainer. So like yeah, there, there's ATC there. and yeah, so yeah. everyone was present there. Mm. Um, and so the the only thing at the spirit at the time was an athletic trainer. Um, but yeah, I just remember that was kind of always an issue. Is like all oh, the 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 level of care wasn't as um, important. But obviously now it's changed so much with the new CBA and things coming out like that where. You, know, you have to prioritize the player and um, the players have a voice now. So that's been really awesome for the girls. Okay. It says in 2020, you were, um, the name of the team was KIF. Orbro. Yeah. So I played in Sweden in 2020, and, and which again is so, I feel so fortunate and lucky because that was COVID year and I got a full season. In. Wow. Yeah. Because Sweden was the only country that stayed open. Wow. Yeah. So well, I was able, how'd you, how'd you get hooked up there? I Who was your agent? feel really lucky. Um, so I mean, I, I not with him at the time, but, um, I, after 2019, I was like, I need games. I need to go play like just to build my confidence. Cause again, I'd start, I'd come in. I wasn't like that player that I was in college. That would just Damn. be, you know, so proactive and like short memory. Like I lost all of that at the pros. I just became such an overthinker and I was like, I need to go play. So I reached out to this agent at the time it was upper V. Um, and I was like, Hey, I'm looking to play overseas. Can you help me? So 
So he sent my video out to some teams in Sweden and that's how that happened. But, you know, I think I had like one conversation with him. Okay. um, And so I went to Sweden and I just was able to play again and get games in. And it's so different over there. And again, the resources the team had were very low level, but I had to, you know, remind myself like, okay, I'm playing. Right. Right. Um, And I was able to build some more to my highlight video um, and just experience something totally new. And I think the hardest part about that was just living, you know, in a whole nother country, trying to assimilate, make friends. But the age group was mostly college girls age, you know. So um, I ended up leaving the country um, and having like two or three of my best friend, my bestest friends for life. That's even a sentence. My bestest friends mm. ever. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So I, ma- I met some incredible people that where, I love so much. Where were you at the time when COVID was officially oh, like? Right, right. Okay. So I had, so 2019, I was like, okay, I'm going to go overseas. And I just happened to choose Sweden and this was going to be a, a thing. And then I think COVID hit in like March yeah, of 2020. 2020. Yeah, so I was already So you were there before there. it hit. Yeah. I, Shoot, I, where your family? I'm like, were they like, get home or? Um, No, they didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Be you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, well, I don't know what to do. And, you know, my, my family's like pretty nonchalant. Um, were you nervous at all? I, I was kind of confused because we did postpone the start of season. And right. I was like, well, can I go home? Or like in, until like whatever. And they're like, well, we don't really want you to leave just in case we start next week. And then it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So, um, but yeah, so it was kind of interesting, but again, Sweden was the only country that was open. And unfortunately none of my family could come visit because of COVID. So it was almost like I was eight months away in jail. Yeah. (laughs) Like just not seeing anyone, um, in person that, yeah. Um, from my family, but so I I was in Texas watching the uh, uh, I was watching Jessica play against um, Japan mm-hmm. in the final game of the uh, She Believes Cup, and everything was kind of shutting down. That's when the NBA player was touching everything, and then found out he has COVID, and they shut the <laughs> NBA down. And every, yeah. it was a mad rush to the airport. Yeah. So I left the game early because yeah. I was. Uh, I was getting text messages like, you might want to get home. They're going to shut down the airports. I'm like, so luckily I got home. And as soon as I got home, airports were shut down for a bit. But it it was. It's, it was probably a crazy time. It was. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Um, Yeah. More so here, obviously, than Sweden. My dad Uh, is an airline pilot, too. So like all of that is, yeah, it's crazy for him as well. That's that's insanity. I'm still. Um, uh, we had a meeting in, in March, right before, like, uh, as a staff and we're shutting down our school and our AD at the time was like, yeah, we're probably, we're not going to be able to see each other for like a year and a half. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) How do you even know? What are you talking about? You're crazy. And then. It, it just, they kept talking about it and talking about it. I'm like, we're, we're, we're done for you. Like, no, I yeah. still thought we're going to have school in the fall. Yeah. And no school in the fall. And my whole family, we, we, we always go to Seattle for a trip and we, we met together and we're like, um, well, is this, um, we're going to have school. We'll have school. Well, yeah, everything's fine. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. And, and I'm like, just from the, I don't want to get political here, but there's two sides and yeah. one side said, yeah, we're shutting everything down. Other side, I'm like, no way. Yeah. And they were right. Like they were in control and uh, it was shut. And I couldn't believe it. I wish, I wish just if I had dates of, okay, there's nothing for these year and a half. I could have vacationed differently. I could have stayed in Bainbridge Island for a year yeah. and just enjoyed life. I know. That's why it was always hard. Cause it's like next week, next month. You know, it was like, when is the end in sight, you know, which is always hard to plan for. The unknown is always hard to plan for, uh, for sure. I, I, I would start life over if I could have COVID over again, just to, I would vacation. 
Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I got a year off. I'm getting paid and I'm going to get to year off. Um, so, you know, you, you, luckily you're in Sweden. You went, you went through a lot of things. You ended up in Houston and then ultimately that, that, that came to an end because you want to get on with life. We already covered all that. Um, during recap yeah yeah <laughs> so um now that you're you kind of move on into your new yeah. life you're back home in arizona and yeah. uh you're now doing uh individual training um what what got you into coaching and why yeah so i honestly i've been doing individual small group training every off season so years right and um when i decided to retire i had no idea what i wanted to do idea I didn't know if this was going to be my path um but when I moved back and I like announced my retirement uh, you know I was definitely had tears I text my boyfriend to meet me outside and I'd be like crying you know um and then his son was so cute because I was crying and he saw me and he's like why are you so sad and he's like I just retired and he was like well, when my grandma retired, we had a party and celebrated. <laughs> it was really cute. But anyway, so I needed just something before I thought I'd find like that big job to kind of pay the bills and like, okay, I just need a little bit of money coming in. So I started working with my usuals, my regulars. Um, and then I just started getting more more girls and then I was like oh my gosh I need to start claiming this for my taxes yeah and so I start I got the LLC and then I was like oh my gosh now I've grown I have 55 girls like holy cow and so now it's just become like it wasn't I've always wanted to kind of use that as like a passive sort of income um but now it's just grown so much and has become like just something I have put a lot of time into and it's definitely yeah it's taken off and I feel so fortunate and I've done zero marketing for it I haven't paid a dime to like try to expand or put anything out there um and that's kind of how I got involved with that it was never this is what I'm going to do this is my plan it was just like okay I got to get some money coming in the off season before I find a a, a big girl job yeah. and uh-huh. you know and then I was like, oh, wow, this is nice. And then it just started getting bigger. And, you know, you got to take care of the people that you have right then and there. And then I think organically just just grew. And, again, uh, quality of life is hard, but I'm okay with the grind for a little bit. And hopefully I can build something sustainable over time. Um, but, yeah, I that's honestly how that started. Like, I, yeah. So, so you retire and this yeah. is how we kind of met was, uh, yeah. you, you got a, you got a, uh, a call about some crazy neon soccer reality show kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, um, it, tell us a little bit about what right. happened there right. and what even were your thoughts that, on it? Even with that, with my lessons, as you know, I could barely make it to any of the practices. Yeah. Cause you're <laughs> a bet, diva. Yeah. I bet you're like, this girl doesn't even exist. <laughs> she's yeah, not real. Bo kept telling me, I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, she's not. When is she going to show up? Notoriously late to everything, never shows up. Um, but yeah, I got this text from V Vlasto, mm-hmm. um, who's one of my brother's really good friends and um, very heavily involved in the soccer world. So, he knew Bo, and when Bo connected with me, I honestly had just wanted to be a part of it. I didn't think I was going to play in it. I just was like, maybe uh, I'll be in some kind of role, you know, like, yeah. I don't know what that is. Like, um, and I really liked Bo, like, just his style of communication. He's easy to talk to. Um, and then when I came out here, you know, just realizing I had so much joy playing even if it was, I was rusty or I'm out of shape. Um, it just kind of like got that little passion to play again. Oh, you, you yeah. could see it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a, a competitive uh, side to you. That's different. <laughs> you 
Can you see why I play professionally? <laughs> I could see, yeah. Kind of a potty mouth. <laughs> that and uh, no, you're very nice. You're very welcoming. And then, then the game. And then, you know, behind the scenes a little bit, um, you can tell like, uh, I have to win this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did, did you even know well, what this was? Did you understand? Did you have any uh, no. idea? No, I didn't. Like I literally thought that we were playing in the Phoenix tournament to go play in the bigger tournament and win like 50 K or whatever the grand prize was. So the day of, or I don't know when we were rolling up or one of the practices the night before this whole thing. And they're like, no, this is actually for the, the 50 K. And I was like, what? No, you know what I mean? So I think, again, I just feel so fortunate that I get, I don't know what happens sometimes. Like, Life just works out for me in a sense, you know, it, like, I'm it, like, oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> I, I believe, so Bo explained it. The problem yeah. is I had to talk to so many people. It's like, no, this is a real thing. It's 50,000. And they're yeah. like, no, I don't get this. Like, yeah. my, uh, I was trying to get my daughter to understand. She's like, who's this Bo guy? And I had to send his resume. Listen, he's, he, he works on Dateline. Uh, yeah. He's at the uh, Super Bowl. He's, he, he's do good morning America. He, yeah. he knows what he's doing. And you know, like it's a reality. No one can comprehend yeah. any of it. I think because it doesn't happen often, you know, and then it's like, never you happened get in this. Yeah. Right. You get put in this situation and you're like, wait, what? Like I have the opportunity to win this amount of money like this. Like it, it's kind of mind blowing and it's, uh, and the parents fee. Addicting. <laughs> I'm just the, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The parents fee, you just show up. Uh, I yeah. mean, my, my daughter was saying, yeah, I got my, she was on the plane and she got the parents fee. Yeah. She's like, it just came in. Welcome to professional. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, well, it was sorry. it was eye opening when yeah. we showed up to the indoor arena. Yeah, it was so cool. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like a lot of the girls were like wanted to be. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I just looked at the camera. Um, all of the girls <laughs> wanted to be on the media and like in front of the camera doing all the roles and like you know like some of the girl the girls that haven't had like that opportunity before. And so it was really um, kind of endearing in a sense because I've got, I've had to, I've gotten those experiences, yeah. you know, like we always have media day every year. Like we've, I've always had to be in front of a camera doing like different things with the ball pictures, like your senior, yeah. your, your school day photo. Right. And so some of these girls that haven't had like this kind of like, um, cool, like media yeah it was definitely new to a lot of of them big deal yeah it was just really endearing to see to see them um really enjoy it and uh yeah i passed on some of the things because i was like you can go like go do this like we've never done this before you know so and i liked uh i liked the green screen the green screen room yeah um like just like talking talking crap behind the scenes you know i'm curious how that's all gonna come come out together uh, Watching yourself back, it's kind of cringe. You know, you're like, oh, well, really you're always going to feel that way. Yeah. But um, so they had makeup artists. Yeah. They had um, uh, they had obviously the interview room, and then they had the competition and the competition. Lucy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of drama. I mean. Yeah. You couldn't script any better. I I was just watching from the side. Yeah. How so, did you feel watching? You- oh, I was nervous because I was like, yeah. oh shoot, people are going to think so I like honestly. Liked- so nice. <laughs> it was cool. It was. That was so, so nice. fun, and and I'm hopeful they're gonna do it again. Yeah. So uh, let's name drop a little bit. Who okay. who all? Uh, uh, what famous people were there as far as um, women athletes? Athletes at Neon Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Sussman. Um, Jen Munoz. Munoz. Yep. Sorry. If so Jen, Jen Munoz <laughs> played for um, I think Club America, and. She, she's huge. She, she has like, uh, how many Instagram followers? She's yeah, near, she's, I can pull it up. You want me to pull it up? Yeah. Well, um, I'll put the overlay on. Uh, so okay. she, it's like seven, 800,000 people. Yeah, she has a lot. Um, there was one girl there with a, like a million followers. Yeah. Plays in the uh, and, La Liga as well, which again, I think is really cool for um, girls in that league to uh, get this kind of, um, opportunity as well yeah. because i know that league is growing so much 
And I know a lot of Americans are looking to play there now too. Yep. So, um, and then Jordan O'Brien was there. Um, I think she's actually playing in La Liga now too. Um, and then who else was there? Oh, you said Lawrence Esselman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Lucero Lara, who played in La Liga, yep. Mackenzie Berryhill, who played in the NWSL, um, Nat, who, Natalie Stevens, who's looking to play overseas. Um, yeah, they, they, who, else was, who else was there that I, I oh, the Marta. Oh, yeah, the, the, the futsal national team yeah, player from Spain. From Spain, not the Marta from Brazil. It's no. Marta, yeah. She was um, such a cool human being. She engaged she, everybody. Yeah, she was, I really loved her energy. Yeah. Yeah. She was cool. Very, yeah, very good energy. We're energy people, you know? <laughs> so um, she was really cool. And then, yeah, but, allowed to say that. Before yeah. it comes out. Okay. I, I'll, I'll ask Bo, but I'm okay. going to put it out anyways. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the, so the Neon League um, kind of did, uh, we did it. It's a, what a pilot for a TV right. show or right. whatever it's going to become. And yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of good drama on that. Um, hopefully they captured it all because I saw it. I'm like, this is going to be good. I know. Pick they eye them, so we're not taking anybody. Oh. <laughs> Double. I know. It's like um, savage. Yeah, that, that, that was. Uh, like, why did you pick me? We'll, we'll, we'll we see. We need what, more uh, women's competitions out there. We, yeah, you know? it was it was so fun. Yeah. Like, I I hope it takes and off because still be exciting. Yeah, you know. I just want to be a part of it. <laughs> On the walkie, see, I got my walkie talkies right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I used. Um, yeah. Oh, they work great. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, how we find you. Like if, if you know, right. someone has a, a son or daughter that wants to develop technique, uh, how do they find you? Um, so I am working on my website, but right now I'm on the coach up app. Um, if you've ever heard of that. So you can literally well, type well, my I, name I'm, in. And I'm pretty sure, uh, Callie, uh, Farkason, the way it's spelled F A R Q U H A R S O N, uh-huh. is available. <laughs> is that your Earl? Yes. Well, no. My uh, I so I named the uh, company Callie's Pro Academy. Okay. Um, but I'm looking to expand. I think I might change it to Professional Soccer Academy. Um, we'll see. Um, because I want to add like this business partner. Her name is Allie, and Allie and Callie and. I played collegiate soccer with her too. So Allie who? Allie Moon. So we're kind of looking to do that as well. Um, and then, yeah, so that has like some of my contact info to reach out. And then uh, my social media too. I have the email address at proacademy at cali.soccer. Um, what about Kevin? They uh, DM you on Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, availability. Uh, Availability is tough right now, yeah. so um, I'm not necessarily looking to. Okay, don't don't use that. I guess. <laughs> no, no, I will. Uh, yeah, no. Bring them. Bring but more people. It, I was gonna say like they might have to be on the whole like uh, a, a group pol- or yeah. yeah, like put in a group yeah. lesson or something. Um, just because I do again want to take care of the people that I have right. now, and I I'm not looking to like grow exponentially. Right, I'm just you know. Um, I want to take care of my girls and yeah. have some type of facility. Is, is it girls only? Uh, yeah. Okay. So have some type of thing where it's like female coaches for the female youth type of. Which is rare. There's not, yeah. there's not much. Right. So, and then obviously it's with coaches that I trust and um, I would trust with anyone's child. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I kind of want to bring that into the, into the Arizona community and um, not even just people that I know, um, but I think it's, there's only a handful of female coaches in the area. Um, and I've been fortunate. I think I might know all of them or have heard of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so more, I just, I, I love to see that. Well, like awesome. Lindsay Johnson, right. At Gilbert Arsenal. Yep. Tara Kay at, uh, 
FC Arizona. Uh, Taylor Lytle, she played in the NWSL and was with the national team. Um, she just got hired on by the Thunder, AZ Thunder. Okay. Um, Tiff Roberts, Jenny at RSL. So um, I think just trying to help build that kind of female community is like really important. And yeah, I have nothing yeah, against the males either. You yeah. know what I mean? I just want more I do. females as well. I have problems <laughs> with everybody, but uh, you know what you guys should do, which would be very cool is um, within your network, you know, cause obviously there, there's unlimited supply of, of players to be able to, to serve, especially in, in the, the girls game um, to have all girls, uh, like a 3v3 tournament here at Phoenix College uh -huh. and just make it kind of a play date fun so they can kind of do their technique without the pressure of kind of like neon, like no coaches, yeah. just let them play and yeah. observe. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, again, I think I'm very community-based, like relationship-based, like building relationships is like my number one priority, I think, in life. Um, and I'm not like the most business-minded human being. Like for me, a lot of my work isn't like, money driven, you know, it's like educational and, um, being an educator, I think is like the most important thing, especially with soccer. And so yeah. again, yeah. Like if we could have something where you just remind girls to have fun, like a three V three or like, yeah. Hey, look, like you don't have to, I don't know. Everyone's journey is different. Right. Right. Like Jess was, Jess's journey was way different than mine. And right. like, you know what I mean? Like so many people get to this, get to their um, pro careers in different ways. And a lot of it's opportunity. And um, But I digress. With that. But yeah. anyways, yeah. So. I, I, I would love to have you. I think we could uh, do something fun here. Um, yeah. And it's so nice too. It's such a nice campus. Oh, our field, by the yeah. way, I'm killing on the field. I'm, mo I'm mowing again today. <laughs> I love it. I aerated, I'm fertilizing on a Monday. I'm, it's going to be the best field in Arizona. Um, yeah. So anyways, thank you so much for coming on. I wish you the best of luck and I'd love to have you on again down the road. Um, yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And you can find this episode not only on YouTube, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio or wherever else podcasts are found. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Callie. And uh, we'll see you guys next Sunday, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Bye. Bye. Later.